Yeah, I because I did YouTube full time last year, like pretty much all of last year. Yeah. And like it was it was a successful year and I like, you know, money was good. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. There's lots of work coming in. But I was really lonely, like (laughs) really lonely and really like I felt like yeah you know needing to make videos to make money was like just really stifling my creativity and like you know you you have to take on jobs that you wouldn't normally take on excuse me um and yeah I I really didn't enjoy it and I miss performing so much because that's that's all I've ever done until then so yeah no I'm really really glad that I got my performing job this year I'm having the best time ever um yeah and now now YouTube is like back to it's, it's kind of like a hobby, but it's like a hobby that makes me money. I mean, it's kind of like, it's funny. The irony is that like since I stopped doing YouTube full time and I like stopped trying to trying to force out good content, yeah. the channel has gotten so much better since then. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the hiking <laughs> I think people, stuff has been great. Yeah, yeah. I've been loving loving doing stuff like that, like rather than doing like tourism promotion stuff, which is what most of the jobs coming in would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so nice to just, I don't know, go on, go on a hike or go on a solo trip somewhere. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it feels kind of like, like indulgent to make these like solo travel videos. Cause I can just spend as long as I want making every shot look as nice as I want it to look. Yeah. yeah it's really fun. It feels like I'm just making it for me, which is exactly what I wanted. And you sense some kind of shift. Like once you started doing that more, I don't know, people caring or just you being more fulfilled mm. with the videos you're making? Like, it's yeah, definitely a shift, so. right? Mm, it's such a shift. I, I feel like the audience cares more now because they know that I care about the videos and the, I don't know, the production, like, value is better or, like, I don't know, it just kind of, everything fits a little better now, which is really nice. Yeah, yeah there's definitely a big shift. Did you feel the same thing, like, people when you started making it. the videos you wanted? Yeah, yeah people, I think so. It's just, it's a, it's a confidence that just happens around you it's like an aura like when you're doing what you want to do and people can sense that i feel like once you stop trying in a sense with most things most things in life it just works out for some reason yeah yeah i think like people people love love seeing like people being passionate about things and Mm -hmm. they love seeing people love what they do so yeah 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 they can definitely feel it for sure this that conversation is just so it happens every single time I talk to people who do stuff like what we do. Um, mm. It's this idea of like, how does money kind of ruin and get in the way of your form of expression? What is the correct balance <laughs> of making it a full time job, but then also doing what you love? And once yeah, you do exactly. start to make enough money doing the cool things that you're doing, does it help you do something else you wanted to do? Like it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself falling into this conversation time and time again, but I guess it's an important (laughs) one that everyone's trying to figure out. Yeah. I think like freelancers everywhere feel the same kind of thing, especially if it's like a creative endeavor as well. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, there's like the balance of like when your passion becomes your job, you got to, you know, you've got to find a balance and a way to make it still enjoyable for you whilst also earning enough money to pay the rent kind of thing. Yeah. Have you always... Mm did you cut, try to go into, I'm going to make my hobbies, my job, or was that not really a goal for you? Mm, I guess I am kind of always that kind of person. Like anytime I learn a new skill or something, yeah. I kind of think like, how can I take it to the next level? Or I don't know, maybe it's like a, a, a like a self-assuring way of like, if I can make money from it, then that must mean that I'm good or something like that, which is not a good way to look at things, not a good way to look at like hobbies and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess when I started YouTube, like because I was just performing, um, it's like a singer and dancer at Universal Studios Singapore at the time. I knew that like as a performer, I have limited, like a limited time frame that I can do that in, like until I'm like, I don't know, like 35 or something like that. Um, and, and I was like, well, I need, I need something after that. And yeah, I'd started watching a lot of like Casey Neistat and stuff like that, obviously, like everyone else at the time was. Mm, and guilty. um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like kind of inspired by that for sure. But mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It didn't, wasn't like, I want this to be my next career, but it was like, hey, this could be an option. It could be a way to make somewhat of passive income. It's not really passive income because you're doing a lot for it, but I don't know, you, it could open up some opportunities. And it totally did. I'm really, really glad that I did have that 
um, and, and have that right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Pe people always use the term passive income, but I don't think it necessarily fits with doing YouTube or just influencer mm -hmm. work. And I, I think what they're trying to describe is you're building an asset. It's almost like you're investing mm. in yourself and creating a portfolio that you can monetize over time, over and over again in different ways. But mm. like when I had my channel hacked um, and I, you know, almost lost everything, it re made me realize that with a single click, like I could delete my job, which most people can't. It's so, it's such a weird <laughs> idea that, you know, I, it's an email list. And if that email list is mm. just deleted, it's like someone who works on Wall Street just it's even worse than um, like getting fired because they still have the skills, but they could just go to yeah. another job and use those references. But like if I had to start yeah. over on YouTube, it would be a little different. It's just it's different. Yeah. yeah and then also being a performer, <laughs> you know, yeah. Thinking about there might be an expiration date to how people value someone as a performer yeah. like that's different yeah. than most nine to five jobs as well yeah exactly i think i realized like i don't know a while ago it's that like a lot of most jobs that you do you start off in a smalling small position and you work your way up within the company and then you know maybe you've been working for the company for 20 years but at the end of the 20 years you're more valuable at the end than you were at the start way more valuable as an employee mm -hmm. and you know you can earn more money within that time but like as a performer, it's like almost the exact opposite. It's like the younger you are, the more valuable you are to companies and the more mm. jobs you're likely to get. I mean, from my kind of performing work, like theme parks and cruise ships and stuff like that. Mm. And then the longer you work for the company, you're more valuable as an employee to that company because companies like they, they value people that have been there for a long time and stuff like that. But if you've been working there for 20 years and you're 35, you're way less valuable than you were when you were like 21 kind of thing. So it's like it almost goes in this downward kind of <laughs> linear slope, which is not a very nice thought. But, you know, yeah. that's the nature of the industry. Yeah. But I'm glad you kind of realized that and you're making plans to make mm. it work on the other yeah. end. So, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that I did, too. <laughs> so we were both on some Italian TV show thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, How random was that? I was wondering when you were posting, I was like, I wonder if it's the same show that's been emailing me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Random is a good word. Um, a lot mm. of people, when I posted about that, were messaging me trying to watch out for me because I don't know, apparently people steal footage and stuff and put it on shows yeah but yep, from yep, what yep. i've seen everything was great so i just had to reassure people who are watching out for me that it was a project that i worked on and got paid for yes um, yeah yeah i hope you got paid as well <laughs> oh no i definitely did <laughs> okay, good. imagine i'm like wait you got paid yeah <laughs> i was just waiting for it <laughs> so i got ripped off <laughs> yeah so is random like a good word to describe that like what was that um, process like yeah, I don't know, very like random, but in a in a really great way. I don't know if it, it's weird because like, so I, I recently got a job working for um, like this travel show in Australia on on Channel 7, which is like, it seems like such a huge deal to me because I grew up watching Channel 7, watching channel, uh, sorry, travel shows on Channel 7. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's like, oh, I know how big of a deal it is. But when it's like some random, seemingly random uh, Italian TV show reaches out to you. I've got no idea, like, if the show is popular, like, yeah. what it means to some people. So to some people, it, it might be like, oh, that's a really big deal. And some people had message saying, like, oh, that's so cool that you're on this show. I'm so excited for you. But to me, it kind of just feels like, I don't know, it's just a part of this this world somewhere, like, you know, in, Ital in Italy, someone's watching this, enjoying the show. Mm. But I don't know how big of a deal it is because it, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me, essentially, because I've never grown up watching it or anything. Yeah. But... I mean, apparently it's a really popular show. They said there's like 1.5 million people watching, which is pretty crazy, but yeah. 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 Yep. Did you find that it, it like helped your channel at all or in, increased like viewers or? It was funny because we did the project a couple, like a month before it aired and I didn't know what the project was in a sense. I didn't know when it was airing or if I was able to watch it. So just all of a sudden mm. I started getting all of these Italian names following me on Instagram uh, and all of these mm -hmm. like Italian uh, messages. So I was just like, what's up with that? And yeah. then someone, <laughs> what is happening? and then people started like sh sharing screenshots of them watching it and tagging me. So mm. I was like, okay, what is this? Mm. Um, 
Because you were a part of a, not a documentary, like someone made a short film. Mm. Or yeah. yeah. So right. Brazilian filmmaker who lives in LA. We've just been friendly mm -hmm. online just because social media things makes it easy to yeah. be friends. And he finally, you know, uh, put together a project just to make a documentary about what I'm up to. And mm. yeah, that was a good, that was a good thing. So all these mm. little things working, I don't know. It's like, mm. like, cause they're, they were interested in your hiking footage, right. And just travels mm. in general. Yeah. Hiking footage and just kind of like, yeah, solo, solo travels. I think, I don't know. I think the solo traveler thing really, uh, a lot of people really enjoy it, especially if it's like more into the, the, uh, silent, silent video, silent film kind of category as well, because it feels so much more real. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like on YouTube, there's a lot of people watching that, like they're looking for, I don't know, the next thing, the, ne the next like kind of category of video, because everyone's so used to like when people go on a trip, they're like, what's up guys, welcome back to my channel. I'm in this place and now I'm going to do this. And people are so used to that. I think feel like maybe they're, they're looking for something that feels a little more real. It's like kind of refreshing in a way to find like videos like yours. I definitely felt your videos were so refreshing. I was like, oh my God, you can be chill on YouTube like, <laughs> and still be, still find success. So um, yeah. So I think that they really enjoyed that kind of like, I don't know, finding yourself kind of content, whether or not you are actually finding yourself. Like I think a lot of people can uh, put themselves in your shoes much more easily that way. Yeah, because I think it's mm. it's half the hike, it's half your journey as a solo traveler, mm. finding yeah, your way exactly. around. And you can involve way more than just the hike, like the food, the culture, the places you stay. So it's really mm. fun to shoot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't watch too much hiking stuff, but when I did, I got that same sentiment. I'm like, there's too much talking. There's too much... Too yeah. much forced positivity. Um, I'm just going to yes. try to make hiking videos how I would want to mm. watch them. So I guess that's yeah, what Yeah, from. exactly. That, that's definitely what I think of when I'm making my videos. It's like, what do I want to watch on YouTube? What do I enjoy listening to and hearing, like music and stuff like that? I really love listening to classical piano and that, that kind of thing. So that's the stuff I put in. So I enjoy making it. People enjoy watching it. Because if, if you enjoy watching it, then surely someone else does as well, you know? Yeah, I think I'll always yeah. try to make content, just videos for myself and my age group. I, I see mm. some other people making videos for like younger audiences and it's definitely way different than them. Like I'm sure they have an online personality and then mm. their real self and it's a bit different. It, it seems like yeah. a lot of energy to do that acting, I guess. That's just not me. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I don't know if, I don't think that I could do it, but I mean, like the people that do do it and if they're successful at it and they are, um, you know, smart enough to know what kids these days want to watch, because that's the thing. It's like, I don't know what the kids want to watch, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I know what I want to watch and um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to just keep making that. Also, I don't know. I think I'm just like super super self-conscious and I care too much about what people think about me. So if I make videos that are so, so far removed from who I actually am as a person, I just feel really embarrassed if I meet people in real life and they're like, I've seen your videos on YouTube. I'm like, ah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> what kind of person do you think I am? It's curious though that you're a performer by day and then yeah. <laughs> authentic, realistic solo traveler, uh, experiencing <laughs> things by night. Yeah, it's like my alter ego. <laughs> I'm sure there might be legal ramifications if you literally copied what your day job was into your YouTube videos, but have yeah, you no, ever just... thought about parodying well, that in a sense, like doing characters as a traveler or? Uh, I mean, that would be really, really funny. I, I, I've definitely like when I when I worked at Disney, uh, like Tokyo Disney, I, I just so wanted to talk about my job because mm -hmm. I loved it so much and I know that there's an audience of people that want to know what it's like working at Disney. And I really wanted to talk about it or I wanted to, I don't know, incorporate it into my videos in some way, but I just don't want to burn any bridges. It's yeah. not a professional thing to do. Um, and I, I never wanted to get to the point where my YouTube channel would get in the way of me being able to keep getting performing jobs. Mm -hmm. It's like, like my, my biggest fear kind of thing. Uh, for them to be like, we want to employ you, but you need to stop doing YouTube or something. I'd be like, ah, oh, that sucks. Um, but yeah, no, I've never thought about like, I don't know. It's weird. 
Yeah, and I'm performing these characters in in the environment that, you know, like you go to a theme park to see performers and to see people do stuff like that. But I don't know, something about on YouTube, it's like if I tr- if I try, anytime I try to be funny in my videos, it just falls flat every <laughs> single time. <laughs> like they, they, the funniest parts are just the parts that just happen naturally. If I try to like say a, uh, like a punchline or something, mm. I'm not good at that shit. I don't know. I can't do it. I'm really terrible. Okay. Do, you, do you feel the same? It's the environment. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I just. Because I find your I videos didn't... really funny sometimes, but I don't know if it's like naturally like that or it's just. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely way chiller and zenner, uh, more zen in most of my videos when i'm around my brother or close friends i get mm. really goofy so um, yes yeah, yeah yeah there's definitely like a competitive bro out aspect that i will phase into in the right moment but that that came across in the vlogs a little bit but it it, it still felt mm. a little weird for me i don't know yeah 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 i know what you mean i feel like i've got two completely different kinds of videos if i'm just traveling by myself it's like so chill i'm like piano music just you know just me going by myself but then if i'm traveling with friends it's a completely different vibe but like i don't know people enjoy both of them the same anyway so i don't think it bothers too many people but i know if i'm going on a trip with my friends i'm like it's going to be so much more lively there's more talking there's more jokes being thrown around i can't use the same music that i normally would it just doesn't fit yeah but you got got jokes though Anyone who's seen uh, the location tags in your Instagram photos knows you got jokes. <laughs> trying to. See, this is the thing. I'm always, I'm just trying to have jokes all the time. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad that some of them are funny, though. <laughs> Every time I see one, I'm like, oh, yeah, she does, still does that. That's funny. Um, so, yeah. okay. Um, you've been in Japan for a while. I've mm. never hiked in Japan. I've been around Tokyo was it a good place to kind of be stuck for a little bit to do hiking? Like there are mountains. Yeah. There's a lot of mountains in Japan. A lot of mountains. I know. I, I was thinking the other day, like we, we like FaceTimed or something over Instagram, I don't know, like a couple of years ago or something. And you were like, cause you were planning your trip to come to Japan yep. this year or something to hike Fuji and like do some other hikes. And you're like, where's the good hiking around Japan? And I was like, Hmm, I don't know. There's not really many spots. I can't really find any. Now I'm like, what? the fuck are you talking about Hannah there's so much hiking in Japan the entire place so many mountains mountains. yeah yeah yeah. it was like 80 percent of the country is just mountains and like no no one lives near them or anything as well yeah so so much good hiking it's a great place to be stuck um to be stuck I don't really feel like I'm even stuck because there's so much to see here which is great so do you do a lot of research or do you kind of just fall upon one spot get inspired and just go out and do it yeah, well, so there's um there's a list of it's called the top 100 mountains in Japan, like top top 100 like famous mountains in Japan or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Japan loves to put things into lists. They they love lists, but um, <laughs> yeah. So they got top 100 mountains, and I've I've pinned them all onto my Google Maps, and uh, like it feels like a to do list in a way. But I mean, I know it would take me years to get through all of them, but at least for now, it's like a really really awesome like starting point just to be like what mountains are near me right now that I could go on a weekend hike because all of them are so beautiful in their own, their own unique way. So yeah, it's, it's such a great like starting point to find inspiration for the, the next hike or the next place I want to go to. Cause I'll always find something that's, um, that's, you know, really impressive or that I wasn't expecting to find when I go to these places. Um, yeah. So th- there's a lot of like big, big hikes that maybe would take a couple of days to do, but I, I still have yet to do a hike where I carry my tent with me and set up a tent and stay overnight and stuff like that. So I feel like a, a bit of a fake hiker, but <laughs> yeah, no, there's a, there's, there's some big hikes for sure that I, I would love to do, but maybe it would be better to do that with someone else just for safety. <laughs> yeah. Is it the logistics or is it just feeling uncomfortable being out there by yourself? Mm, I think it's, it's a lot of it is logistics. A lot of these places are really hard to get to with public transport um and so like it it would like because of my job at the moment i've only most weekends i just have like my two days off kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i try to like fit all my hikes into like a two-day kind of trip but sometimes it's like four or five hours away on the train just to get to the trailhead and then you want to start early mornings have to go the night before like it it can take quite a bit like logistics wise to make it happen so some of them i feel like if i was going to do it i would need to go with someone that he has a car or something like that so yeah yeah well i recommend it it's fun camping and sleeping in a yeah. tent uh 
how how heavy is your bag? I always wonder this because um, you're carrying a lot of equipment as well, like yeah, camera equipment. Kilometers, I would say twenty to twenty five pounds. It just depends on how mm. far. You know, if I'm doing like a four day hike, yeah, it might be like thirty mm. pounds. Right, um, right. I don't know what that is in kilometers right yeah Kil- kilograms kilograms kilometers is the distance <laughs> america <laughs> america yeah. right yeah uh, 30, 35 i think i'm yeah that sounds about like 20 kilos that's it's quite a lot but i mean i don't know i guess sometimes like i look at my bag and like how much stuff is it in. i'm like there's not that much stuff in this but it's really heavy already i don't know don't know what it is have you been gaining things or getting rid of things Definitely getting rid of things ooh. for sure. Oh, oh, yeah. And how does that feel? Oh, <laughs> uh, it feels great. Like, it, yeah, it's kind of like it's nice to. I'm still kind of perfecting like food and um, you know things like that that I want to bring up. But like, I'm also thinking like, oh, I kind of want to get like a little propane gas stove kind of thing so I can cook hot food while I'm hiking because I usually just have like cold food and it's really not not very satisfying when it's a cold day. Um, yeah, no, I've definitely been like trying to see how few things I need when hiking, especially like camera gear and stuff like that. Like yeah. I only want, cause I def there's things that I definitely want, which is like my Sony, my uh, drone and, you know, an, an extra lens and that kind of thing. But that stuff already is quite heavy. So it's just kind of this balance of how much else do you really need? Kind of yeah. Thing. So did you, mm. did I see that you finally upgraded to what the beast, the a seven S Mark three? yeah i did yeah it's really have you shot with it yet or no yeah yeah i went on a trip uh two days ago Mm. just it was just like a a really small little day hike kind of thing but it was really nice to yeah to see it in action it was really fun um although i got i took like a bunch of cool photos i was like these are nice and i got home and realized that i shot them all in jpeg fuck (laughs) really bummed that they were jpeg we still make it work but oh they weren't close, um, close enough to what you wanted them to be not quite. It's just so much easier to to edit and play around with the colors later when they're in raw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still figuring out the best the best settings to edit them on and creating proxy files and that kind of thing on my Final Cut Pro because the mm-hmm. files are much bigger, <laughs> especially when it's 4K, 120 frames. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Shooting JPEGs is what I've been doing for a while. Um, really? You only shoot JPEGs? Yeah. Because mm. I kind of like the idea of trying to get it as close to realistic as possible. And I'd, mm. I I kind of want it to be, be just baked into how it was captured in that moment. And mm. it adds yeah. a little bit of information to the image, like context as far as how it was shot. Um, right, yeah. But yeah, you're probably right. I, I gave up on Photoshop. I don't know if you use Photoshop or not. No, I just use Lightroom. Lightroom. Okay, I've never yeah. used Lightroom. So maybe that's the disconnect. Really? I did not know that. I mean, I definitely noticed that your your videos and your photos, they're very like, because you don't use a picture profile, right? And your mm. Sony. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's very much like, this is how it was shot. This is how it's presented, which I really, I really like. I respect that, that style. It's like just showing things how they, how they really are. I really love having the, um, the flexibility to fix it later. I think maybe I just don't trust myself to get it right in the mm. moment, <laughs> yeah. but being able to kind of like tweak it a little bit later and um, yeah, make it look a certain way. Yeah. And I think I finally just kind of finally really like found my way through Lightroom. I think I feel like I'm getting more comfortable with it now, which is, which is really fun to like kind of find some kind of style. Cause that's the hardest, one of the hardest things about like, if you're trying to be a photographer or a videographer or something like what is your style yeah. So like making I, things. So I'm curious to know about the people watching your stuff. How much do you dig in to figure out who these people are or try to build and interact with your community? Are you more yeah. on the let's make stuff and just let whoever wants to see it watch it? Or are you kind of catering your content to who you think mm. might want to watch it? No, I never I never have thought about trying to cater my content towards certain people. Okay. Um or you know, trying to create a certain audience or whatever. I I only yeah, especially recently, only ever want to make content that I want to watch myself. Um, and then, and because of that, I've noticed recently that like the the comment section is really cool. Like everyone seems really, really nice and understanding and like open-minded and very supportive. Um, whereas I think if I was, I was trying to make content for certain people, I think maybe like 
like about a year ago or a year or two ago. I don't know. I felt like the comment section was not like I, I, I say the comment section. What I really mean is like the the community of people, but it's yeah. just easier Any to, feedback to gauge from, that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, like it, it's not like it was bad or anything, but it was just like I don't know. It just didn't really feel like my thing, and maybe just because I wasn't making content for me. Um, but now I feel like the the community is just really chill and supportive and kind of like minded to me in a way, which is really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, obviously we've got like the analytics on YouTube. You can see where the people are from and uh, what age group and that kind of thing people are. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm mainly just, just making the videos for me, and then the, the audience kind of naturally just will, you know, will be created based on like what you're making your videos about as well. The, the people that enjoy it will be the ones that are, that are similar to you as well. Do you find the same thing for your, your videos as well? Um, yeah, I've gone back and forth. I have definitely interacted with my community way less more recently mm. um, and mm. just focused on creating things that I wanted to create. And I, I don't know, the, the feedback mm. that I get on anything I create falls into a spectrum of there's a tiny amount of people who will just hate and just are having a bad day or a stress. So they're going to take it yeah, out in comment form. And mm. then there's a large swath of just kind of neutral vanilla useless chatter mm -hmm. that really doesn't help or hurt it's just there mm -hmm. um so maybe those people just don't understand what the reason for commenting would be you know like right yeah i get you, what you mean like yeah. i don't comment on that many things that i consume maybe every so often yeah. but yeah imagine being someone who always says just whatever comes to their mind at first you know and then, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of people like that for sure and then there's a good group of just chill people happy to be there these are usually long-term subs or just you know people who really enjoyed the stuff and then there's a small section of comments or feedback that if you do read and consume and engage with it's like the super fans it's the people who are like super helpful or actually add some kind of good feedback because they genuinely mm. care about the content and uh mm. can help so you can't look yeah. at it all it's kind of a waste of your time and then if yes, you do focus is. on that negative stuff it's gonna blow your in your mind so i i yeah. tend to just look at it less yeah yeah that's that's a really good way of looking at it i think yeah like learning to decipher the the difference between like the comments or the feedback that you should like give weight to or like give value to and the ones that you should just dismiss because that like they're, they're like a casual viewer they just kind of come across your video and go what is this shit i don't like it comment something that they hate if you take that on board then you're not not doing anyone any favors but yeah there's definitely some feedback that you get where you're like okay you actually care about my videos or you actually have some experience making videos or you you know you've got good good feedback to give deciphering the the difference between the two is yeah it's a really it's a really helpful thing to master i think it, it saves you time like mm, I, I only have so a certain much. amount of time to spend and if i spend it looking at every single piece of feedback that everyone gives it's going to be a waste of my time probably so that's why yeah, absolutely social media platforms are kind of diving into being able to segment the audience for you and automate that process mm. and i don't know if you ever go on twitch but i think they're one of the best as far as breaking up your audience into just uh you know people who have been there for a while people who have subbed for x amount of times mm. Pete, like it can show you just your top commenter your top commenter mm. for that month just all these different ways to make a hierarchy of people who are adding value back to the community in your yeah, platform so, good. so yeah. i think i think we'll see that more in all of them but i think twitch is leading the game as far mm. as making that easy for us to analyze yeah that's great I always hated the fact that like on Instagram, when you, when you accept a message request to like to reply to someone's message or something, then they go into your, you know, your, your inbox and then any other message they send after that will give you a notification. So like on Instagram stories, they would like, and, and I didn't, I didn't realize that when I first started my Instagram, first started my channel, I would just like accept everyone's message requests and reply to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And then I would put up a story and then there'll just be, I don't know, a, a bunch of like, uh, mess or oh, what's it called yeah like notifications on mm -hmm. the the inbox and but the the messages like they were really nice but they were just like love this shot or yep. looks cool stuff like that stuff that it's like that's really nice of you to say that however 
the time and effort it's taken for me to go through all of these things and maybe like your comment or apply to it. It's just like, it's not worth my time and it's not adding value to, to my life or my videos. I'm yeah. sorry to say it, but yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, I, and now I, I hate that I'm like that. Now that's why I've like turned off uh, the uh, what's that called story replies to people that I don't follow. Mm. Um, and it's made a huge difference because I just felt like I was getting anxious that like people would get angry at me if I didn't reply to their message that they sent me and it was too much. But yeah, I, I really hate that Instagram has that. <laughs> just wish that they would change it, but you know, yeah, is what it is. Yeah. Part of the reason why I deleted my Instagram and started fresh was that reason I was treating mm. message, uh, you know, accepting messages, message requests in the same way. And it was ruining the experience a little bit, but you, yeah, you've switched to the creator plat or creator profile where you can change to what primary and general messages. And then yes. there's accepted messages or. And Instagram says that like, you can, you can choose to only get notifications for people that send uh, for people in the primary uh, inbox, but I still get notifications for both uh, of them. It's oh, really no. annoying. I don't know. I, I think they just, I don't know if it's just just me, just my account. It's not working for, but it's <laughs> yeah. really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, they're targeting you for sure. Yeah, it's it's just me. I can feel it. Instagram's coming at me specifically. <laughs> so, so are you treating Instagram differently? How has your sentiment towards that platform changed in the past year? Yeah, I feel like I, I, I Instagram is really fun to me because I, I feel like I put so much effort and time into making my YouTube videos the way I want it to be. Instagram feels like free reign to to just kind of put whatever I want and like yeah. try different styles of videos. Some of my, oh, sorry, styles of photos. Some of my photos are like artsy and like, oh, I'm, I'm a model and look at me, there's smoke mm -hmm. everywhere. Like it's it's fun to do that kind of things. I, I love doing that. It's kind of like the performer side coming up maybe. And then some of them are just like silly photos and stuff. I'm, I love Instagram. It, it, yeah, it gives me more, maybe because I care about it less, um, I can just be as creative as I want on it, you know, and, and tag funny locations and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't really care about it. But, um, but also I, I have to keep in mind that brands do also look at Instagram as like, a, a potential advertising platform so mm. i don't know i just try to make my photos look look nice i suppose but yeah i respect yeah. people who don't take it too seriously mm. and, and the brand thing yeah. is tough because yeah you would we would like to work with brands who are chill and trust us to like just be ourselves and that'll be you know along the product or whatever we're selling but it's yeah. true they're they're going to be harsher than most people i mm. i recorded a podcast with a guy who had a a corporate sponsor for the podcast and once we did the podcast we stopped recording and then had like a 20 minute conversation off the books and that conversation right. was 10 times better so than the better. podcast we yeah. recorded but it was kind of you know personal a little bit a couple topics mm -hmm. and i'm like why didn't you record that like i i was recording my audio do you want that for the podcast he's like there's no way we could ever put that in the podcast because of the corporate wow. sponsor so like, right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah all right no, well, and that's that's the struggle like it's you know you want to you want to make good content that people enjoy and you want to say the stuff that i don't know the stuff that would be considered like drama or like i don't know just stuff that corporate sponsors don't want you to say but, you know, you've got to be professional in some way. So you've been involving a couple into your videos. How has that experience been? When did that start? And, uh, yeah, are you going to continue? Working with sponsors? Yeah, I, I think I see yeah. a story blocks. I think I see, uh, you know, well, yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. every so well, often. Yeah, there's, um, I, I, love, I love having those kinds of sponsors way more than I do, like, tourism promotion. Because usually, I mean... Like, so like tourism promotion is like the, I don't know, prefecture in Japan wants to advertise that area. So they organize a, a three to five day trip or something. You go around and see like a bunch of spots, film it, make a whole video about it. But those videos are so not very fun to make because <laughs> they usually take you to places that aren't really that interesting. Or maybe they'd be interesting to some people, but not to me yeah. or like. I don't know that, yeah, they want you to include a bunch of things and, and working with Japanese companies as well. I think a lot of them aren't used to working with influencers yet. So they, they're like, oh, we want to make sure that we get a shot of the train coming in at the platform. And you're like, does it really matter? <laughs> yeah. No, like, just let me make videos the way I want to make them because obviously 
that is what my audience likes. Like that's why you're on, why you, you're choosing to advertise with me. But anyway, a lot of companies don't really understand the, the, the give and take that needs to happen between like creators and um, promotion and stuff like that. Uh, so those videos aren't as fun to make, uh, but the money is much better. However, at the moment now, obviously I've got a job, so I don't need to worry too much about the money, which is why I'm so happy to just work with like ad integrations, which is like Storyblocks and Squarespace and mm. NordVPN and stuff like that, because they, they don't interfere with your content at all. They don't, they will rarely ever say like, no, we don't want our video, our ad put on this video. So it's, it's really nice to just make the content that I want to make, make a solo travel trip somewhere. Um, and then just put an ad on at the end. And the brands are really nice to work with. And, you know, it's nice to only have like two obligations a month. Like I only have to make two videos a month, one for Storyblocks and one for Squarespace at the moment. Um, I mean, even then I'm still like, oh, I don't know, two videos a month seems like a lot. <laughs> you know, just being lazy. Yeah. But no, it's, it's always really nice to work with them. I've worked with Squarespace. I've had like a, at least one video a month that has a Squarespace sponsor on it for like, I don't know, over a year now or something, mm-hmm. which is like, it's really nice that they, they, um, you know, they've wanted to work with me for so long. I guess people must be using the the discount code or else they wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't want to keep working with me. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And like the money's not as good as the, like the full dedicated videos, obviously, but yeah, it gives me the freedom to be able to make the videos that I want to make. Uh, without worrying about like, you know, whether or not the sponsor is going to be on board with it. Um, I think maybe you're working with the same kind of, uh, is it like advertising agencies, uh, what's it called? Space Station? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really cool to work with. They're like really fast replying and really chill, really nice understanding people. It's good. Yeah. Good sponsor. I've been buddies with Travis for a while and it's been going well. Um, mm, I'm definitely good. more of a diva when it comes to these things though. So oh, yeah? I've had some ups and downs with right. uh, just all the situations myself. Mm. Uh, I'm grateful for them. And I think they're the most helpful for me because I'm mm. not the best at communicating with these brands. And, uh, <laughs> I will send Travis a message and then he will filter it and send it to the brand yeah. for me. Isn't that so nice? <laughs> I just have never worked for anyone and I just yeah. don't I don't put up with anything and I am very stubborn and I just speak my mind and I have zero filter mm. when it comes to like corporate speak. Like the, yeah. the thanks with yeah. the exclamation point at the end of the email. Like I don't do that. I don't do any of that. So it's helpful right. for the filter. Mainly. I know I, f- I feel like such a hack when I'm trying to do like corporate speak and emails <laughs> and I'm like, kind regards, comma, new line, new line, Hannah. Like it's, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know. I hope this email finds you well. I'm like, do people even talk like this? I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not a corporate person. I'm just, I'm just faking it really. But no, it is nice to definitely have like that person to filter what you're saying to sound nicer to the brand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If I had my own way, I would probably just use Instagram uh, message for all communication. I, mm. I've done a pretty good job of hiding my separate emails, uh, and just having one public facing email everywhere on the internet. And right. then if I got rid of that, that would cut off all the communication from email. So if anyone ever wanted to work with me or get a hold of me, it would have to come through Instagram DM or maybe Twitter DM. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 That seems interesting to me. I don't know if that's like psychopath tendencies, but. <laughs> oh, like to, to try to remove like as, as many other platforms as you can. Like, what yeah. if I just didn't have any email? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I have thought about that, but I feel like there's some brands that like they just like, like Squarespace. Maybe they, I mean, I'm sure they do have like somewhat of an Instagram, you know, platform there, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of like big brands, they're like, they only want to communicate with email and i think especially in japan they'd be like there's no email how do i contact you like they just would have no idea (laughs) i will say yeah i think you're right japan was a bit different and how they worked with influencers was very surprising when i was over there i got the exact same thing like man just working with a guy in a suit and oh Mm. he didn't speak english i didn't speak japanese we had a translator and it was the best relationship ever we connected the most over food and every morning, <laughs> yeah, we got, every morning we got like a good morning, like a thumb up. And uh, at one yeah. point we were in an aquarium and there was a vending machine and I loved it. And he was like, yeah. oh, yes, yes, 
Yes. And then we both got ice creams and we were like, that was our moment. So I, I can't wait to get back to Japan yeah. just to interact with the people. I, so I feel fun. like definitely like sometimes with like when there is a language barrier, it's kind of like you're removing all of the bullshit, all yes. of the corporate speak. It's just like, I can only say like, good morning or like nice shoes. Like there's like very specific things that you can communicate to them. So it's yeah, it actually, actually kind of works really well, like yeah. in situations like that. Like the more Japanese I I learn and I'm able to speak, the more I feel like I'm kind of like, uh, you know, c- caving in on myself and like I have to be like more polite and I have to be more more Japanese in that way, like the more Japanese I learn. So it's, it's almost better to just be like, I don't speak Japanese, so good morning. <laughs> like, you know, just doing like <laughs> really basic English like that. Yeah, how is it? It's a good... You're, you're bilingual. Yeah. It's you've been there for a while. I would not say that. I would not say bilingual. Oh, really? I, I I can I can uh, understand most things. I can have like e- you know easy conversations and stuff like that. But I I feel like sometimes I speak like a caveman. Like you me good yes. Like, I mean <laughs> no, obviously not not that basic. But uh, yeah no I wouldn't say that I'm fluent not at all. But I, I've got enough Japanese to like get me into and out of trouble, which is really nice and it it makes traveling so much easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely like, I don't know, there's a weird thing that happens to expats when they're living in Japan, especially, I mean, probably a lot of other countries too, but Japan especially, I notice it. Um, like the more Japanese you learn and the longer you stay in Japan, like you always like stand out, you'll always just be the foreigner. So it's like, you can try to be Japanese in as many ways that you possibly can. You can try to be like so polite and, you know, very, so Japanese in the way that you do things. Um, but the more you try, the more you'll lose sense of yourself and Japanese people will never see you as Japanese or as one of their own kind of thing. They'll only, they'll always just see you as a foreigner anyway. So for me, it's kind of like, there's no point in trying to be Japanese in the way that I work because no one's going to see me as Japanese anyway. So I, I, you know, I speak to people in Japanese and I'm, you know, formal and polite in the situations that I need to be. Uh, but I'm definitely not Japanese in the way that I work, which I don't know, maybe this only makes sense to people that have worked around Japanese people and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's <laughs> it's always an experience working with Japanese companies, and uh, every, some things are just so formal. Like when they give you the business card, mm-hmm. there's like certain things like that you have to hold it with two hands and give it to them, and you have to receive it with two hands. And you say, "Oh, arigatouzaimasu," and you're taking you're like, "Oh yes," and you have to look at the card and then place it in a specific thing. Like you can't just be like, "Oh, cool," and then chuck it in your bag. Like it, it there's such a like a you know a, a tradition in a way of like how these business uh, interactions go so it's always it's interesting to see but uh, no one expects that from me because i am a foreigner essentially even if i have been here for a while yeah yeah it's, i think it's I, very interesting. I think i mentioned it to you once but on my trip i pointed at a sign with my foot and they were like no 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 don't do that <laughs> don't don't do that i'm like what that right there i want that ramen right there give me that one please They're like don't, don't point with your foot <laughs> Um, <laughs> I've never even heard of, uh, like, I remember you telling me that, but like, yeah, I've never, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of people like getting offended at someone pointing with their foot, but maybe just people don't often point with their feet. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just the Craig thing. Do people still use business <laughs> cards in Japan? Damn. Oh yeah. That's the takeaway I got from that. <laughs> yeah. Fax machines, business cards, everything is old, old, old school. Yeah. The biggest misconception about Japan is that it's like futuristic. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's like 20 years in the past. <laughs> I think there was some kind of article or video I was watching uh, that just analyzed Tokyo, greater Tokyo as a collection of cities. It's like a mega city. Mm. It's like, because yeah, I think what they did was they took other cities in the US and around the world and then placed it by population. Uh, and you could fit so many of like what I think as massive American cities mm. into Japan or, or to- greater Cho- Tokyo area. And there was still more city. Like Tokyo is insanely it's, massive. It's massive. It's yeah. so big. Yeah. No, I always like forgot how big it is until you look on a map or I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to this place. And you're like going like an hour and a half away from like Tokyo Station and you're still in Tokyo. It's crazy. Yeah. And just so many people. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wild. Damn. But yeah. I will be over there as soon as I can. I, I hiked in yeah. Hong Kong a little bit. I've done... A little bit yeah, of research in Taiwan. I would like to get there mm. before things start to go more sideways. Uh, mm. But Japan looks great. South Korea looks great. Um, yeah, I've seen some good hikes in South Korea. 
people are trying to get me yeah. to what uh, what's like north of japan there's that that like uh, big peninsula i guess that's technically russia but there's like russia, some great yeah. hiking uh on that uh, kamkacha yeah. uh, uh-huh. i guess cool um yeah do you, no, do you forget how close russia is to japan <laughs> yeah do you, do you picture staying in japan for a bit uh or if yeah. things let up and you can travel in the spring like is that interesting to you for international hiking yeah i yeah like i love my i love my job and like my situation in japan right now i love that so much so i feel like i will be here for a b- little bit longer um but like yeah in terms of like going on international trips and stuff like that as soon as i'm allowed to I'll definitely be doing that for sure. Um, yeah, I haven't looked too much at like hiking overseas because uh, I guess that, yeah, going on these these hikes has only been like fairly recent this year just because we can't travel anywhere. I'm like, mm. I'll go for hikes. Um, but, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely seen some really, really beautiful hikes like overseas. I feel like a lot of my, my trips tend to be because they're from Japan and I always have limited time to do it. They're usually in Asia somewhere. Um, but, yeah, no, I've, I would love to, especially I think um, – Indonesia has like some of the most beautiful like natural landscape I've ever seen. I love love Indonesia. I've been there so many times, but yeah, I feel like they would probably have some insane hikes up there too. Like no one in the US knows anything about Indonesia, let alone Papua New Guinea, yeah. just just all those places. We forget that a lot of the world's population are on those islands and I've been interested recently. I've been trying to read some books, just learning about the culture, the people, like the migrations and Mm. also the hiking. Like there are a lot of mountains, even though it's a lot of islands, like the highlands Mm. on the inside of some of the big ones. And then even down in Australia, New Zealand and Tasmania Mm. and just, uh, that's a corner of the world I haven't really ventured into yet, but I'm, trying to research more and learn more yeah because it's different when you grow up on on this side of the world like we don't really we 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 learn about europe in school and then yeah not much about the the rest i know i feel like i i I only feel like australians are more um more i don't know not knowledgeable probably not the right word but you know are knowing of like you know asian travel and that kind of thing because it's closer to us and also because australia hasn't got that wide of a variety of landscape like it's like we've got good beaches and we've got good deserts and everything else is pretty much flat and that's about it whereas like america does have so much variety of landscape you've got snow you've got desert you've got you know all kinds of hikes and beaches and stuff like that which is so nice there's so much travel to do in america um but there's nothing like stepping foot into a country whose culture and language you've got no understanding of and just trying to make it through it's just so different so different to traveling in your own country yeah so what's on the horizon you you seem like you're in a good spot you feel more confident you've got this this job that you're doing but then you're also kind of shifting youtube to be just what you want to do but then you're also Mm. doing these integrated ads at your own speed to still make some money like is the goal to shift that or do you have you found a balance in your life with these two things i don't know i feel so balanced right now like i don't know it's just i feel really (laughs) really happy in the place that i'm at which is really nice um i don't know maybe that will change or if you know if i've been working at my job for a bit longer to know if I start to get sick of it. I, I can't see that happening anytime soon, but um, yeah, at least at least for now or the next year or two, I'm really, really happy to just, just be working at my job, hanging around with the, the friends and family, well, family that I've got here, family with quotation marks, um, and then making making the videos that I want to make. Um, I don't know. There's There's been some cool opportunities that have come up. Like I mentioned before that Channel 7 in Australia asked me to host a, a show for a travel show for Australian Australian audiences, um, which was so fun to be able to do. And I never thought that I'd ever get that kind of opportunity. Mm. So it's, and it, it's cool to like have these kinds of opportunities come up and um, I don't know, it's kind of like opened my eyes a little bit to like, oh, what, what could come from this eventually. Um, but, but yeah, honestly, like a lot of opportunities have come up just because of the past year or so where I've just been making videos that I want to make. Um, so I think if I just keep doing this for a bit longer, different opportunities will come up. Um, whether or not I'm able to do all of them, that's another thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm really happy being where I am right now. And I have confidence that uh, once I'm ready to move on to the next thing, I, yeah, I've got confidence that there'll be something around to, to jump onto. I don't really have too much anxiety about 
about the future as long as I'm doing the things that I love and working on skills that um you know could potentially bring in another job then I think I'm good I think I'm happy are you gonna yeah. get like an animal friend to like hang out with well I've got a hamster a little oh, yeah, yeah, little yeah. mochi hamster yeah, mochi's really need. cute yeah no mochi's great she's a great a great friend I would love to get a pet like a a dog or a cat or something in Japan but yeah I'm, I'm not supposed to have like pets at this apartment and I think uh do I don't know. know. Once you get hamster? a pet, <laughs> oh, I think I think hamsters don't count because uh, they don't like. I don't know. They're not like running around the house making a mess or whatever. They're chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Secret secret hamster. We won't we won't talk. <laughs> we don't talk about the secret hamster. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, but when, once I would like commit to getting a dog or something, it's like that's like a 12, 13 year commitment. It's a big, it's a big, and I don't know how long I plan to be in Japan for and that kind of thing. And that's another thing. If I wanted to bring any pets to Australia, it's like almost impossible. It's like it costs you like over 10 grand and takes like six months to take them through quarantine and everything. It's all stressful. I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. Yeah, So so you've made friends in Japan over these years and Mm. you describe them as a family. So that's good, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, the, the cast that I work with. Yeah. We're all very close. Yeah. Things must be different now since March. Uh, Have you been trying to Mm. see less, fewer people and go less, like fewer places and stay inside and try to do things online a bit more? Like, has that shifted? Yeah. Well, I think that's why I started to do a lot more like hiking videos that's just out in nature. Yeah. Uh, just like less people around. Like I don't have to wear a mask when I go to these places, which is so nice. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, like my cast that I would say is my family. Like we all live and work in very close quarters anyway. So uh, I wouldn't, I don't really class that as like going out, but um, yeah, no, I definitely try to like stay away from like the big, city kind of stuff it was really weird for a while in like March I think where I don't know everyone was like you wanted to go out and make content but then you didn't want the backlash of people being like why are you outside in a pandemic kind of thing which is fair enough obviously I I, I agree with that uh, but no there's a balance to be found I think to, to be uh, you know to creating content that's you know outdoors and away from people and also promoting areas that need the tourism or they they're like more harder harder to find places more hidden gems and stuff like that i think there's a balance to be struck there but it was kind of it was really weird for a while then in in like march february march everyone was like i don't know what to do (laughs) conflicting like advice from different people and yeah yeah Uh, yeah one of the pros of being in new york city that i've found over the years is that there is kind of a, a youtube instagram squad here that we've been mm. able to become friends over that shared work and experience. Yeah, um, that's so nice. But being an expat in Japan, have you been able to find other people who do what you do in person? Or is that just not the kind of person you want to be hanging it's, out with? It, it's such a, like a different um, like community here because there's like so few youtubers that are speaking in english living in japan yeah like we all know who each other are we know what each other's content is like i've met up with a couple of them before um and you know it's fine i think some of them are like closer friends and they'll often collaborate and stuff like that but there's no one uh, no like j vloggers is what they're called J-vloggers. japan vloggers j vloggers wow. okay it's a little cringe for me to say that but you know <laughs> i guess i am a j vlogger um yeah, there's none of them that live live near me in Osaka. So uh, I haven't really, yeah, I don't really have that kind of like support. I, I do wish that there was a bit of that. Like I'm always jealous looking at the the, the vloggers or the, the YouTubers that are in like New York and LA. Like there's it's definitely like a community there, which mm-hmm. we, we don't really have in person here in Japan, which is a bit unfortunate. Yeah. And I, I honestly, even though I do have somewhat of a in-person community as far as friends who do the same type of stuff, whether it's hiking mm. or just making videos and full-time YouTube, I guess would probably be the thing that connects us the most. Mm. Um, I, since March, have realized that it would make a lot of sense to double down on things like this, bringing back mm. the podcast, trying to reach out and help out other people online Mm. just as much because a lot of people look down on the online digital uh friendships and relationships but i think there's some value like if you treat it 
like real people like <laughs> it can yeah. work out in a <laughs> yeah. sense like i'm glad we got to catch up because it's been months like we can see yeah. each other's videos and stuff on instagram but it's like nice to catch up and hear like the thinking more so than the you know the the images that yeah. are obviously more curated and stuff yeah and i think it's i think it's like important for like your mental health to be able to talk to people that are in a similar job because yeah, otherwise it can be extremely lonely and really, I don't know, I have a friend who is a, she was, one, she was like really early days, like travel influencer, Instagrammer, and like takes photos of like beautiful locations around the world. And she used to do a lot of jobs just traveling the world, taking photos. And um, I met up and I, I used to dance with her back in Australia. So that's how I knew her. I met up with her in Singapore and I was like, like, what's it like? What is the, the hardest part to you? And she said, honestly, the hardest part is that I feel like I can't ever vent to people. I can't ever um, yeah. complain about any little tiny annoyances in my life that normal people would complain about because it just seems like I'm complaining when my life is so great and you get to do all these amazing things and everything looks beautiful on Instagram. Um, but she's like, but I'm not allowed to vent to anyone because it just looks like I'm being a diva. But like, you know, that's when it's so helpful to have people that have the same kind of job as you, because then you, you know what each other is, is going through and the ups and downs and that kind of thing. And of, of course, of course, we, we, you know, love our jobs and, and love the opportunities that we get to do, but it doesn't come, it doesn't mean that it's, it's really easy work. It doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, not without things worthy of venting about. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it's really helpful. Damn. Yeah. Well, it's. It's good to hear that you're thinking about all this stuff. It, it, I don't mm. know. I feel like you're in a good place. It, the stuff that I'm seeing, you know, makes me happy. I, I, from what I get out of hiking, I'm starting to see you kind of seeing that. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I understand a little bit more of what you're going through through these hikes, seeing, like, thinking about the moments where you do just like sit down and sit there uh, and shoot the shot, but then all of the other moments that you may not capture on on video of the hike mm. that you just like keep for yourself. I hope you have so moments like that you know oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 it's uh, I, I, it's hard to like not feel like like anxiety sometimes i feel like like when there's a really beautiful sunrise or something that's like a fleeting moment i'm like i want to get all of the shots and i want to get all the photos and drone shots and everything but it's nice sometimes to just kind of sit back and actually just enjoy it for yourself and turn off the camera for a bit and yeah take it all in yeah, yeah. no i i feel like the more more i make these kinds of hiking videos i feel probably the, the the things to a small lesser degree because your hikes are like next level long and intense uh, <laughs> but like yeah similar things that you must go through as well and so much stuff in between the you know it seems like you're filming for a lot of it but actually in the grand scheme of how long you're actually hiking for it's like not even two percent of the trip yeah there's so much stuff in between that's not on camera yeah that yeah Put, putting a six day hike into a 20 minute film sounds like i'm showing a lot but you understand yeah. how much walking and me just being tired and hungry <laughs> and cold yeah <laughs> yeah and like how many podcasts you can listen to in that time and <laughs> yeah and, and people are yeah. like why why do you hike so many miles like you're going too fast like you should slow down and enjoy it but when you're mm. hiking by yourself, there's nothing to do but to walk. So I'm yeah. walking from sunrise <laughs> to sunset and yeah, just exactly. enjoying it along the way. Like mm. I, I do see some people who camp and cooking food and sitting in their chair and like sitting, putting their feet in the river is like the main reason why they're out there. But that's because yeah. there are other people to enjoy it. It's so different when you're out there. And I yeah. love the goal aspect. I love trying to get point A to B by shooting the video and experiencing it, but also doing it as quickly as possible because, I don't know, I like the athletic aspect of yeah. it as well, like accomplishing yeah, yeah. the goal. Yeah, it really is. It does feel like a, a full accomplishment. Yeah, that's so true. If I was if I was to hike with someone else, I always wonder, like, if I would make a hiking video with someone else, I'm like, do I still use the tripod, like, to set up a shot and, you know, do the, those kinds of shots? And I'm like, or is it weird because then there's two people in the video? Like, I saw you went... Was it Hong Kong? Maybe you hiked with someone else. Yeah, Hong Kong, and then I've I've done a couple with my brother, and he's right. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's much easier because he understands me, and we can we know each other more. So there's less mm. mystery with expectations, but there is still that idea of like I don't know if he's kind of upset that we stopped here. Like he like yeah, mm. you're always second guessing your decisions. Where when you're shooting by yourself and hiking by yourself, there is no inner dialogue. It's just whatever happens, happens. I want to do this. Yeah. I'm doing this. 
Yeah, exactly. No, I, I love being able to just take as long as I want to, to be able to set up a shot and make it look good and not have to worry about other people waiting for me. Yeah. But yeah, if I'm like, that's why, why my videos with, when I'm traveling with my friends are so different. It's because I don't want to have to be like, oh guys, can we stop here where I can, you know, set up a shot and make it look good or like, oh, can I fly my drone here or whatever? Um, yeah, you don't have time to do stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. you got to, <laughs> it's a balance you got to keep. So mm -hmm. all of that is the work, the creating. What, what do you do when there's no cameras involved? Are you, are you watching Netflix, Hulu? Are you playing games? Are you going for walks, playing with yeah. the hamster 24-7? <laughs> yeah, I play with the hamster at nighttime when I'm watching Netflix. Uh, yeah, I've been going through like a lot of movies on Netflix that I like movies that I should have watched like years ago but oh. I, like growing up there was a lot of movies that I wasn't allowed to watch so my parents were quite strict about what I was allowed to watch so now I'm like going back on movies that and I'm like oh wow this is a really great movie but it was made in you know 98 or something like that huh yeah it's cool it's been good yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah watching Netflix uh, I like to just kind of ride my bike around the city I, I rarely catch the train in Osaka anymore I just ride my bike everywhere it's so nice yeah stuff like that take yeah. photos sometimes yeah it's good is it escape for just escaping reality, just to relax, or are you trying to like better yourself? Do you segment those or try to overlap them in any way? Like learning, yeah, reading, mean, doing stuff yeah. like that? A lot of it is like for, yeah, for escape, like not watching Netflix and stuff like that. It's nice to just kind of unwind. Yeah. But I mean, there's definitely the kinds of video, like uh, movies and shows that I would watch just to unwind to have on in the background. And then there's like movies and videos, uh, movies and shows that I watch that like, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking for filmmaking techniques and I'm, you know, researching about that specific director and like the things that make them like an auteur and the things that the, the little hints and clues that they put in their movies and stuff like that, that I'm like, oh, what could I put in my videos to make my videos better? Um, yeah, but most of the time, I think for a while I got really into like uh, almost like not self-help, but, you know, like business-based kind of like podcasts and books and stuff like that. And it was like all I was consuming, like nonstop. And then, um, yeah, and then I realized it's like there's only so much that I can actually implement into my life at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I, I was happy at the time. It was still like that was what was making me happy. It was like a Gary V, like got to hustle all the time, sleepers put the dead kind of thing. But then <laughs> yep. now I'm, I'm definitely maybe it's just come with like – with my old age, not that old, but just with age in, in, you know, now I, I want more balance and I, I'm, I'm happy with the balance that I found, but yeah. I think I probably could listen to a few more, probably finance. I need to <laughs> figure out what I'm doing with savings and money and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you consume a lot of that stuff still like, uh, like podcasts and books and things? Um, yeah, I'll go through waves. I think I absolutely know what you mean with falling. I would describe it as falling into a trance with the self-help stuff because mm. you it's really easy to convince yourself that any consumption of it is going to be good for you where yes. you can yeah. just consume it for no reason and not really attain it or make any changes in your life after reading it. So, yeah, yeah. too much can be bad. Um, yeah, it kind of almost like makes you feel good to listen to it because it, it feels like you're doing work. Yeah. Even if you're not implementing any of it, it's like, yeah, but the, the message is still getting in my brain, man. Yeah. But yeah, no, it doesn't always actually have a benefit. I would describe it as just going to the gym and just going on the elliptical at like the lowest speed and just watching a movie yeah. while you're doing that. You're like, I'm at the gym doing an exercise, but you're doing like the mm -hmm. bare minimum. So that's mm -hmm. about how I would compare it. Mm. Um, I mean, I feel like that, that kind of thing is important for like when you're starting off and you're trying to learn about, I don't know, social media in general or like business in general. Oh, it's yeah. so good to consume a lot of that kind oh, of thing. You've got to start slow. You'll have aha moments. It'll blow your mind. But mm. once you read and consume enough, you start to see, oh, this person just copied that person. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I already heard this in a different yes. way. Oh, yeah, they're all exactly. just trying to make money. Damn. Okay. So yeah, they yeah, all yeah, stole yeah. it from Aristotle who stole it from plate. <laughs> oh my. It's like, and yeah. then I notice it myself, like in the advice that I would give other people, I'm like, I stole that from this person. I stole that from this person. Yeah. Everyone's just a walking, talking little bird. That's just mimicking the things that they see in here that they think sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a trickle down from smart people. So, mm, uh, absolutely. Yeah, old age will will show you that, and it'll hit you in the <laughs> face, and then you kind of hate yourself because you realize, yeah, 
it's it's just the autopilot. It's like mm. being able to wake up from just doing things on autopilot is like super important to me. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't listen to too many. I guess I, I've been really into just big tech and how it's kind of polluting the world right now in different ways. Mm. So I guess that's yeah. the rabbit hole I'm down as far as, mm. you know, social dilemma type stuff on the documentary yeah. on Netflix and just Tristan Harris's uh, crusade against waking people up against that. So, right. um, yeah, no, that was real eye opening watching the social dilemma. It, it was kind of like so eye opening to the point where I was like, if I think about this too much, I'm going to get really anxious. Just going to put it away for a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deal with it tomorrow. <laughs> it's too much yeah. right now. I mean, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like the thing that was like the the issue is so big and there's so so little that you can do as an individual that it's like I don't know, it feels like an issue for someone else to fix. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll consume it and I'll understand it and it'll make me angry or upset or you know feel mm. something, but then yeah. I'll try to talk about it with people like over coffee or on the phone or something. And I just can't articulate anything nearly as well as these people that I, I, I watch. So I get frustrated and then I, I want to like <laughs> practice to get better at communicating these ideas and like debating yeah. in general. And oh, it's yeah. exhausting at the end of the no, day. It's not, like, what does it even matter? 